Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Hearts grow tender with childhood memories and love of kindred, and we are better throughout the year for having, in spirit, become a child again at Christmas time. Laura Ingalls Wilder, These Happy Golden Years. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and this week I'm back chatting around the kids' table with my cousin Ashley Sherlock. Some pretty exciting news over here. We are well on our way to meeting our 2022 goal of reaching 10,000 downloads per episode of From the Front Porch. I truly cannot believe it. As we close out this very long, hard, beautiful year, I'm grateful for your reviews of our podcast and the way those reviews have helped us grow and reach new listeners. This week, I wanted to feature this review from IWU Diva. I started as an occasional listener to this podcast, but quickly became enamored with Annie and the Bookshelf crew. My favorite episodes are the new releases each month and Annie's monthly review. The warm, friendly spirit of the Bookshelf comes through every episode. In fact, I just booked a trip to Thomasville with my mom for next month. I just have to see it for myself. Reading is so much better with friends, and this podcast has become my virtual book club. This has been exactly my hope for From the Front Porch for a very long time, that it would help inspire readers, build community, and help folks discover our independent bookstore and our wonderful town. What a joy to know that this mission is being met. To leave your own review of our show, open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see Write a Review, and then tell us what you think. Thank you to IWU Diva and all the other listeners who have helped our show grow in this way. Now, back to the show. This week, we are gathered around the metaphorical kids' table. That's right. We're not talking kid lit. We're talking about the kinds of conversations you have around your family's holiday kids' table. Tis the season for literal kids' table gathering. And now I'm joined by my friend and literal family member, Ashley Sherlock, to talk about what we've been reading, watching, and listening to lately. Hi, Ashley. Hey, hey. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Are you ready to discuss holiday things? Yes, I did not prepare for this to be a holiday episode. I don't know why. And then you said, are you still good to record the holiday episode, i.e. books, movies, music, etc.? And I was like, absolutely, piece of cake. And then I forgot to write that <laughs> any holiday books. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good for it. That's okay. I have some good holiday books, I think, to discuss today. And I thought we would talk about some holiday movies, some holiday TV watching, listening, etc. So let's start with books. Do you have any or shall I go in? No, I only have one regular book. (laughs) Talk about your regular book and then I'll talk about my holiday books. Okay. My regular book is one that I believe you have also read. I just finished the audio book while I was traveling over Thanksgiving, and it's called Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Taylor Jenkins Reid strikes again. It was wonderful. Who knew you could love tennis so much? It was wonderful. I've seen some recent reviews, particularly not enjoying the tennis aspects of it all. And I just disagree. I mean, you and I, this is funny. I'm about to say it. I think it's funny. You 
it's just, it's, is it a hundred percent true? I'm not sure. We both played sports in middle school. I don't know how much sports you played after middle school, but you consider yourself to be an athletic person. Oh, I played in high school, college intramurals, baby, Philanda softball champions four years in a row. I love you for that. <laughs> I also played in Philanda and it just doesn't mean what we think it means. <laughs> I don't care. I pitched us to four championships. <laughs> <laughs> you I, can I take don't want to be one of those people. No, I don't want to be one of those people that can't stop living the glory days. <laughs> living the glory days of your Christian social club life. <laughs> Whatever. Yes. I want people to know I can play sports. Okay, there you Minus go. Minus croquet, apparently. Yes, but that's exactly it, right? Like you, I think, love playing sports or at least did at some point. I think you still do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'll play anything. But do you love watching or reading about sports? No, I will play any sport all day, every day, but I do not care about watching them on TV. So that is what I think is funny, which is that I am probably definitely the lesser athletic of the two of us. And we'll do, like, also played intramurals. Softball was not mine, but flag football was. Definitely was a starter on the Phi Lambda flag football team. It means nothing. <laughs> a starter. <laughs> <laughs> but did not ride that bench. And it means nothing. But I do love reading about sports. And I love watching sports. And I think that that is ironic. It's like whatever that saying is about those who cannot do teach. Sometimes I think it's those who cannot do read. (laughs) Yeah. So that is my personal journey. And so I love a book that deals with sports, even sports that I am not super familiar with. And I'm not, I can't play tennis. I, I can't play tennis at all. I don't even watch that much tennis, but boy, did I love reading about Carrie Soto and her tennis matches. I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. It was lovely. Was the audiobook good? I uh, wouldn't recommend the audiobook version. It wasn't bad, okay. but the it had different characters that threw me off. Okay, that's helpful to know. Okay, I do have three holiday book recommendations. This has been on my mind because I just finished one. So I just finished a book called Holiday Romance by Katherine Walsh, which is definitely one of the you know holiday rom-coms. And probably it is a lowball guess to guess that there are 12 new holiday rom-coms every year. Uh, I feel like there are far more than that, but I narrowed it down to three. My book club picked one for our upcoming book club together. And the one that they picked and voted on was Holiday Romance by Katherine Walsh. And I don't know what my book club will think about this book, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I don't like every rom-com. I for sure do not like every holiday romance rom-com, but I thought this was very enjoyable. It's about a couple of people, (laughs) a guy and a girl, who every year they travel from Chicago to Ireland to go back to be with their families. And it just so happens that they land on the same flight. Like they do not know each other until they start realizing, oh, they're on this flight. And they have mutual friends and acquaintances. Like they know each other's roommates or something like that. And so the first couple of trips, they don't really like each other. They kind of hate each other because of course. And then the more they travel together, they develop this really lovely friendship where they just see each other about once a year when they make this very large trip across the Atlantic. And the book kind of goes back and forth between the different holiday trips that they take, holiday commutes that they take. 
and then culminates in the present where the trip is kind of a disaster and like they are trying to get from Chicago to Ireland and their flight is canceled. And so it's this kind of planes, trains, and automobiles kind of story. So it's a definitely a rom-com and fully a rom-com. Like I thought about this. I was like, is this a romance or is this a romantic comedy? It is a romantic comedy because of all the mishaps and the travel issues. It There were parts of it that I thought were very endearing and funny. And then the relationship between the two of them, I found to be quite believable and lovely. And the Chicago and then Ireland setting, I also found fun. There was toward the end where I thought, oh, maybe this book could have ended already. Uh, But then I really, I don't know, I found it to be charming. Some people on Instagram asked me if it was wholesome, and I do find it to mostly be PG, PG PG-13. There might have been a scene or two toward the end that I just kind of skimmed through, but because most of it is just like a will they or won't they, there's a lot of tension and buildup, and I I thought it was good, and I had a good time with it. I think... I don't know. How are you about rom-com? I never know. How are you about the occasional rom-com book? I like a good rom-com. Do you read holiday books, Christmas books? Are you big into seasonal reading? I wish I could be that person, and mm-hmm. I'm not not that person intentionally. Okay. I just never really make it a point to read seasonally on account of my chaos. I think what is a little bit hard, at least from a bookseller's perspective, about reading seasonally is we then would have to read it on the off season. So like I would have to read these holiday books in, you know, August or September, and that is not a good time to me. Right. And so that is why not I the often, same time. no, it is not. I don't want to read a Christmas book when it's a hundred degrees outside and I'm sweating. So I wind up often just kind of picking one. And like last year, I'm pretty sure the holiday books I read were duds just all the way around. But this year I read this holiday romance book and guess what? That will be it for me. Like I feel good about that. I don't <laughs> I don't need to read anymore. <laughs> I can check it off my list. I will mention two backlist holiday reads. Oh, one of them was from last year. Okay, I did have a winner from last year, which is The Matzo Ball by Jean Meltzer. <laughs> what a delight. That sounds fun. It was so fun about a Jewish party planner in New York who is trying to plan a like Jewish singles mingles thing called the matzo ball. And of course, she kind of has to deal with a childhood nemesis from like Jewish summer camp. And I just found it to be delightful. And then kind of an unexpected aspect of it was that the main character deals with chronic illness but so does the author. And so I found it to be all very well handled and well done and added a little bit of depth maybe to a book that I perhaps wasn't expecting depth from. So I really liked that one and highly recommend it. I'm just waiting. I don't know if Hallmark does film adaptations, but if they did, that that one could be a Hallmark film. And then my probably longtime favorite, like I've read it a couple of times and really liked it every time, is 10 Blind Dates by Ashley Elston. This is young adult, so soundly PG, but it's young adult without making me feel like an old crone. And (laughs) for that, I'm grateful about a young woman who's back, I think, I say back home. She's like a senior in high school or something, but she's at home with her family, her very large extended family, which feels very familiar to me. And she like works at her grandmother's garden shop and her large extended family decides to set her up on 10 blind dates. And I found it to be, because of the extended family of it all, just delightful. And I may read it again this year because I just, I love the people so much. And I don't know that I would ever want a sequel or anything, but I just like these people and I like reading about them at Christmas time. 
Nice. Okay, so we're going to move into holiday watching, which I would like to launch this by giving the question that I am 90% sure I asked at our literal kids table, but now I'm like, did I do that or did I do that in my dreams? Which is, (laughs) I saw this on the internet, if you could only pick three holiday movies forever, what are your three? Okay, I I know this. This is something I can answer. White Christmas. Elf. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Do I want Miracle on 34th Street or do I want It's a Wonderful Life? Probably Miracle on 34th Street. The old version? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Black and white all the way. Okay. I can give two immediately and then I, like you, struggle with the third and the fourth. Mine are The Family Stone. Knew it. Home Alone. And then I can't decide between White Christmas and Miracle on 34th Street. (laughs) I can't decide. Like, Miracle on 34th Street is my favorite from childhood. White Christmas I discovered in adulthood and have really come to love it quite a bit. Well, you pick one and I'll share the other one with you. Because they're both (laughs) on my list. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, I'll pick White Christmas and we can share Miracle on 34th Street. Okay, can I ask a follow-up question? Yes. If you could be a character from any Christmas movie, which Christmas movie, which character, and why? Is this aspirational or is this who am I in my heart? Um, both. Originally, I asked with aspirational intentions. Okay, I'll tell you who I am, and then I'll try to think aspirationally. Who I am in my heart is the oldest sister in the family stone who is massively pregnant the entire time. <laughs> But she makes the occasional jokes. She brings the temperature down, which (laughs) I appreciate. Um, And she loves her dad. There's like a scene where like her dad comes in to tell her goodnight while she's watching an old movie. And I love it so very much. And her younger sister, the Rachel McAdams character, is obviously very touchy, but meaning intense. But then she like lays down in this sister's lap and the sister like strokes her hair. And I'm like, oh, that's so lovely. And I just think of all the stone siblings, I am the older pregnant sibling with like the husband who's been around forever. Like the family just is like, hey, like <laughs> feels feels accurate. Yeah, so is. that's who I am. Who am I aspirationally? I'm trying to think. Okay, I either want to be... Maureen O'Hara from Miracle on 34th Street. Because, man, what a boss. (laughs) She runs that parade like a machine. She makes last-minute substitutions. She's practical. She's no nonsense. But she'll fall in love if, like, she needs to. (laughs) She needs to. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that's really accurate. I'm going to name a movie that I don't think you've seen, but let me recommend it to you and to your mom, because I know your mom likes a black-and-white movie. Like, she's who introduced me to It's a Wonderful Life. Have you seen Christmas in Connecticut? No, but I feel like I've heard her talk about it before. That feels like a Walton's movie. It is charming. Okay, it's a black and white movie where the actress, the whole premise is that she writes a column. You'll love this. She writes like a home and garden column for a magazine. And she writes about living on this farm and how much fun it is and all the beautiful meals she creates. But she's just a single woman living in a New York apartment who's just pretending to be those things. And then a soldier comes home from the war and, like, has loved these columns forever, like these magazine newspaper columns forever. 
And he gets the opportunity to, air quote, visit her farm and, like, eat one of her, air quote, home-cooked meals. But she doesn't have a farm, nor does she know how to cook home-cooked meals. And so she borrows a friend's farm in Connecticut and pretends to be this person that she's been... I'm surprised nobody has modernized this because as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, it's she's basically a social media influencer who's not really a social, like none of her life <laughs> is real. Um, it's delightful, but I find her to be hilarious and charming and like her holding the baby and her trying to cook is all very relatable and funny. And so I think those could also be who I am. I feel like I'm in real life. I'm that girl too. Yeah, I think you could be. It's so fun. You guys should watch that movie. I think you'd really like it. What is your, before I said Christmas in Connecticut, did you have an answer to this question? No, I am racking my brain and I, I only know my aspirational character. I have no idea who I actually am in a Christmas movie. I can't think of a single character. Who's your aspirational? The younger sister from White Christmas. <laughs> She's an amazing leg, dancer. Legs for days and man, can she dance. Oh, I just Such an amazing dance. dancer. Why didn't my parents put me in tap dancing lessons? I could have been in White Christmas. Her, the the, the modern reenactment. Her, let you know, in Friends where Chandler Bing is like afraid of Lord of the Dance because the legs flail as if separate from their body. The way she dances, it's almost like her legs are a different part. They're separate Uh from her body. Oh, she's insane. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. The dancing in that movie is unparalleled. Have you watched That's Singing it. in the Rain before? Because it's pretty good too, but it's not Oh, it's seasonal. been a long... I think I watched that in elementary school and then never again. I'm not sure why. Mm. I do love... I will say, I love a Christmas movie. I would like to briefly digress into the status of the Hallmark movie. And perhaps in 2023, your sister, my cousin, Caroline Sherlock, can come on here for a brief moment and talk to us about her favorite Hallmark films. Because Caroline unabashedly loves Hallmark movies. They're her favorite genre of film year-round. How do you feel about the Hallmark movie? Okay. In my old age, I understand where people are coming from because a lot of people really like Hallmark movies. Mm -hmm, They do. Um, And I think I get it because like, it's not tense. You know exactly what's going to happen. I saw Mm -hmm. somebody post on the internet saying that like, this many minutes in, the conflict happens. And then this many minutes mm. later, they kiss. And then everything is resolved with like five minutes to go. Like it's the same for every single movie. So I get it. They're just not interesting to me. Jordan and I have started to have a theory. I've mentioned, well, we have several Hallmark movie theories. One of them is that every Hallmark movie features actors and actresses who are like the lesser known versions of the Hollywood actor or actress who they could not get for the film. I feel like that's a common belief, but this year, because I understand the role the Hallmark movie plays in our culture, like you, like I get it, right? They're reliable. There's no surprises. They're exactly what they are. But for every five Hallmark movie, I think it's five. I was going to say between three and six, but I think the number is five for every five Hallmark films you watch one is good. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's fair. What that means is you keep trying them. Because I keep thinking, well, I liked this one. Like, I genuinely liked this one. So let me watch another one. And then I watch another one and can't even make it 10 minutes before I throw the remote at Jordan and I'm like, change this channel. Get me out of here. 
Yeah. Like, I cannot do it. And I love a romantic comedy, but, like, there is something about most Hallmark movies that I just do not have the patience for. That being said, I texted on our cousin group text this past weekend because I found one, not only that I enjoy, but I found a male lead who I did not want to shudder at. And the movie is Hashtag Xmas. Have you and Caroline watched this yet? Um, I don't think so. There's a few that have been on rotation that I've seen like three times now in the last month. But I don't think that's one of them. Hashtag Xmas just released a couple of weeks ago, maybe even this past week. I don't know. But it looks ridiculous. Now, as I'm about to tell the premise out loud, I'm realizing perhaps it is supposed to be a modern adaptation of Christmas in Connecticut. And I didn't even realize it. But basically... Yeah, this woman owns a small business, which often happens, but often it is unrealistic, and that is partly why I want to throw the remote control. But this one feels realistic, where she's an interior designer, she started this small business, and she has a small Instagram following, but, like, she's not getting any traction, her store isn't super busy, and her sister, who's, like, older and wiser, keeps telling her, we got to get an endorsement. We need to grow our numbers. Like, she's a marketing guru. And so they wind up entering this contest that it looks like Chip and Joanna Gaines, wannabes, you know, kind of put on, like these big influencers put on. And in order to kind of win the contest, this young woman pretends to be married with a little kid. And like, she's not married. She doesn't have a little kid. And the person who pretends with her is her best childhood friend, who is blandly handsome. And I think most people think that Hallmark actors are blandly handsome. I would disagree. They look like underwear models, PG-rated <laughs> underwear models. And that is not blandly handsome, folks. That is handsome. And that is a different category that I personally, as I've discussed many times, find unattractive. And so watching a Hallmark movie is very difficult because I find the male leads to be unattractive because of their handsomeness. Too handsome to look at. That's right. This handsome, I was like, oh, I like this guy. He's attractive. Turns out he's been in several Hallmark movies, as Jordan and I are learning. Many of these actors kind of make the rounds. But I think his name is Brant. Brant? Mm, That feels right. Brant Doherty. Anyway, I'm just saying, if you are like me and you're a reticent Hallmark movie watcher, then I would say hashtag Xmas might be worth trying. Interesting. I think I figured out who my actual Christmas movie character is because of that. Oh, good. Who? I think I'm the female Hallmark Christmas movie lead. I work in marketing. (laughs) I'm slightly workaholic. (laughs) I don't have time for love. (laughs) I don't want to be a Scrooge, but maybe sometimes I am only because I don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what a Hallmark heroine would say. And there we are. I'm not proud, (laughs) but we're here. Wow. That was beautiful. I have one final holiday watch question for you, which is what Christmas movie do you hate or would you strike from the record? Like, which one do you not want to ever sit down and watch? Okay, that's a good question. Normally, it's the Hallmark Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. But another one I don't really need to see is oh, uh, The Homecoming. My mom loves that movie. It's The What is that? (laughs) (laughs) it is you know it's a classic in the sherlock house growing up we were i was made to watch this movie and i 
I, my mom wants to watch it every year and I don't want to. Like there's a list of movies that my mom and my sister will watch together that mm-hmm. I do not need to be present for. And mm-hmm. there are a handful that I would actually like to be present for. And then another handful that like I can take or leave. Mm-hmm. But The Homecoming, I mean, as in Enneagram 9, I'll watch anything, right? And I'll just, you know, secretly play on my phone. <laughs> right. Um, but one that I could do without is The Homecoming. Okay. Interested honest, to know if any listeners have ever I'm heard that movie before. <laughs> well, I was about to say that's not the direction I thought we were going because that feels slightly obscure, but I bet that will resonate with some. <laughs> well, I, I can't think listener. of anything else. No, that's I'm a good answer. I like it. It was a surprise. I. <sighs> okay. I'm going to name two. I never want to watch The Holiday. Never. Oh, My, no. Is that the one with Bing Crosby? No. No, that's, that's Holiday Inn. <laughs> no, The Holiday is, oh, no, Cameron Diaz, uh, Jude Law. My mom loves The Holiday. My, like, loves The Holiday so much. Jack Black, Kate Winslet. That's who's in it. And I think I just think about it a lot because I don't understand why I don't like it. It feels like a movie that I should enjoy and I do not enjoy it on any level. And then the one that I could also do without, but I understand that it's a classic and I respect it for what it is. It's just not my vibe is Christmas Vacation. That's what I was about to say. (laughs) I I don't understand. I remembered. I don't understand Christmas Vacation. I also don't super love a Christmas story. The Christmas story, I think I will just watch because like everybody else, you know, it's on TBS all day long on Christmas Day or something, but I don't ever need to sit and watch that whole thing. I can just watch the snippets on TBS whenever. Just the quotable parts. Yeah. And it's fine. Like it, and those are some of Jordan's favorites. Christmas Vacation, I find, I don't know. It's not my vibe. And and it it was not a Butterworth family staple really ever. It's just a lot of people's favorite movie, and I don't understand. It's like, I guess it's my the Christmas version of The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's accurate. I don't know why I don't like it. I just don't. Okay, let's move on to Ashley's holiday listening. What are you listening to? Where do you get your Christmas playlist? What song do you have to sing? <laughs> Say, sing that's, that belies our church background. Which Christmas song do you love to sing? Which Christmas song do you love to play in your car, etc.? Okay, first, let me lead off by telling you the Christmas song that I will turn the radio off for immediately. Okay. That is Christmas Shoes. Absolutely oh, sure. not. No, no, ma'am. Never. I, w- I refuse. I There are a few things I refuse, and I refuse the Christmas Shoes song. That is a fair <laughs> opinion. Okay, first, I guess my must-listen, I have two. Mm-hmm. Two, like hype songs, Christmas hype songs. One is All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey, obviously, but it has to be in the car, probably on my way to do something Christmassy, right? Mm -hmm. Turn it up, dance, do whatever. Secondly, this is new, but I think it's the Christmas canon because you and I can duet the mess out of that song. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. We're so good at it. Somewhere a video exists that we will not be putting on the internet. (laughs) Never. That is for some things are just meant for family. Just for family. That, that's one of them. Um, speaking of that, I think this is family lore now. But so our grandfather, our mutual grandfather, was German, and 
I'm pretty sure there exists somewhere some kind of Christmas record album that includes a song I will not sing for you here, but to my very American English ears, it has always sounded like cling glock and cling a ling a ling is what it I know sounds exactly like. Exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Of course, of course you do. And I will hum that, I will sing that around my home. And Jordan thought I would had made that up, like made that melody up or something. And I found it for him on the internet and he was blown away. He had no idea it was a real song. And I was like, yeah, I knew it was a whole, like, he would not believe me that it was a real song. And it is definitely a real song. Wait, now who sings that? It bothers me. Like the, some boys choir. Yeah. Some boys choir, very high pitch, you know, little, little boys singing. It's very pretty, but I cannot remember it. You know, I love... Maybe you can help me remember the name of it. I literally text your mother this time every year to remember the name of it. But one of my favorite Christmas songs slash New Year's songs is Celebrate Me Home by Kenny Loggins. Mm -hmm. I only love that because of your parents, I am sure. And then there's another song about somebody who's home and it's like old Lang Syne. Oh, I met my lover in a grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Met my old lover in a grocery store or something like that. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. Same Old Lang Syne by Dan Fogelberg. I, I remember you asking song. this every year. I ask it every year. I can't ever remember <laughs> the name of that dang song. I love good those song, songs. but not good enough to remember. I guess not. I love those two songs so very much. Um, something about me that sometimes makes me feel I'm an Enneagram 5 wing 4. I really don't know my wing. I struggle with it all the time. But sometimes I think I'm a wing four because I love melancholy Christmas music. Like mm-hmm, I dear. love sad Christmas music. And then churchy Christmas music, our grandfather, same grandfather, loved Oh Holy Night. And so that is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I love Oh Come All Ye Faithful. That's one of my favorites. My, one of my favorite non-secular. Mm-hmm. And Oh Come, yeah. O Come, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. And look, I love Mariah Carey, just like the next person. I love NSYNC. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love a Christmas jam. Um, I especially love listening to Christmas music with some hot chocolate while I'm driving around looking at lights or I'm driving around going to get Christmas presents. I love all of that. But I also love a, I'm alone in my car. I'm feeling depressed, but not really. It's like fake depressed. And how can I lean into that feeling? Well, I can lean into it by listening to... Same Old Lang Syne by Dan Fogelberg. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Fake depressed. Do you like the Christmas shoes song? I do not. Okay. There's a cheese factor there that I cannot yes. handle. Okay, I do have two other kind of listenings, and one I really think you would love. So I want to throw this out there. I love foodie books around this time of year, and like I love reading food essay collections, things like that. But I just finished listening, I think this time last year, I listened to Taste by Stanley Tucci. So Mm -hmm. I have, there's precedent for this. This year, I just finished listening to My First Popsicle. It's edited by Zasha Mamet. And it is a collection where like, I'm trying to think of some names you would know, but it's like actors, artists, authors. She basically asked a bunch of people, hey, what is your best food memory? Or what do you think about when you think about food? And they each wrote an essay. And in many cases, in the audiobook, they narrated it themselves. So like Ted Danson narrates his own essay. Um, Zasha Mamet narrates her own essay. Busy Phillips narrates her own essay. It is delightful. 
I'll give the same content warning that I gave on a previous episode, which is because she just kind of left the door open to write whatever you wanted. Some people did have memories and talked a lot about disordered eating. So there's a couple of essays that are maybe a little heavier than some, but some of them are bittersweet. Some of them are sad memories. Some of them are delightful memories of their grandparents. Um, There's a really funny essay about a guy who gets broken up with by his boyfriend over a meatball. Like several of the stories had me laughing out loud. Some of them had me near tears. And I love that it's all these different narrators. It was very, very fun to listen to and would make, I listened to it all during and after Thanksgiving week. And I think it'd be really fun leading up to Christmas to read about all these food memories. It's good to know. I are actually already had that in my Libro FM cart and oh, good. I'm downloading it now. Yeah, it's great. I think you'd like it. And I really love most of the essays are just five to eight minutes long. Nice. Like there are a couple that are that are 13, but so it just, you're never bored like, and it's easy to listen to. And right now I feel like that's crucial because my brain is at capacity. 100%. Okay. And then the last thing I've also listened to is the podcast. I love the Ringer Dish podcast. I've mentioned them before, but Juliet Littman and Amanda Dobbins just released their gift guide for Christmas. And I love them so much. And I love the things they recommended on their gift guide. And it's just a fun listen. So the Ringer Dish, Juliet Littman and Amanda Dobbins, their episode about their gift guide is just thoroughly enjoyable. Really liked it. Okay. Can I do one more watching? Yes. It's not Christmassy, but it gave me the warm Christmassy vibes. Did okay. you watch did you watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No. Okay. There is a 27-minute YouTube clip of Dolly okay. Parton's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. <gasps> it is oh. it's a few minutes of Pink um giving a little speech about her. It's beautiful. I think I really like Pink now. I also think okay. I really like Brandy Carlisle. And mm, yeah. It's about, you know, it's people saying, "Oh, wonderful things about wonderful Dolly Parton and then performing her songs and then they all perform Jolene together and Dolly Parton first of all is there anybody in the world who doesn't like Dolly Parton show me who it is because I don't think they exist but Mm -mm. Dolly Parton because she's Dolly Parton said if she was going to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame she needed to earn it which Mm. lol but (laughs) she wrote a rock and roll song specifically Uh, for this and it was just so cute talking about how um oh geez now i can't remember it but had mentioned cows and like there was some kind of farm (laughs) analogy but rock and roll i'm butchering it but i tried to make a mental note of it and now i can't remember what it was but it was a very cute song it's a it was a very lovely way to spend half an hour oh i love that kind of stuff because i love the kennedy center honors like i love that kind of stuff so i will go find that clip for sure i'll probably watch you're gonna like it as we're done Also, just as an aside, you know who loves Pink? Jordan Jones. Really? Jordan Jones thinks Pink has one of the best voices of her generation. (laughs) I also think she just seems like a really cool person. Yeah. She just seems really nice. Very fun. Okay, anything else? Did I leave anything off? I did not do buying um, because I cannot think. I'm too busy selling, quite frankly. (laughs) Okay, I have one one buying that I think is worth mentioning because... Did you know you can order Zabars online? Because you can. And that is what I have been doing. I have been ordering these tiny little, those tiny little pastries. I brought some home after we were there. And now I can't remember yes. what they're called. But they're tiny little pastries. You can get and get them in a little bag of like 24 or something. And they have yep. a chocolate kind and a cinnamon kind. And they <gasps> are, 
I'd grab two for breakfast if I'm like running late or something and it's perfect. Love it oh. so much. Gives me a taste of New York every time. Oh, okay. Go to Zabars.com. They have so they have a very robust online store. Okay, I'm gonna do that after we hang up as well. Because <laughs> not to depress you or anything, but we bought our hotel tickets on Black Friday this last year. You said not to depress me, but you did it anyway. <laughs> um maybe in the new year we could look at our calendars and pick a New York time. I always have time for New York. How are you feeling heading into the holiday season? Are you exhausted? Are you hopeful? Are you happy, enthusiastic? Where are you at? Let's do a check-in before we hang up. I have never felt this way. Well, I don't know that if that's true. But normally, I'm extremely excited for the holidays. I love gifts. I do like getting into the spirit of things. I do not feel very in the spirit. I feel busy feel mm-hmm. like I'm crawling to the finish line that is never going to get here. I haven't mm-hmm. bought a single Christmas gift yet. Normally I'm doing pretty well by now. So it's a little bit of a struggle leading up to Christmas this year, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try to be happy. Yeah. We're still, we're still going to maybe decorate some cookies. We're still going to buy bomb gifts for everybody. I don't know what they're going to be, but they're going to be great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think always around this time of year, I'm feeling a little on the tired side and I may be, filled this particular week, the week we are recording, with too many things. And each day has been approximately six major items on the to-do list, not minor items, like six major items. And by the end of the day, I'm like, ooh, well, I did it all, but I also now feel uh, like I could collapse. (laughs) And this coming weekend, there's a lot on my calendar. So I'm really... I don't want to be that internet meme, but I really am just trying to make it to the next week, mm-hmm. which happens to be Victorian Christmas. But <laughs> I, hon- I honestly think once I can get past some of these things and just focus on bookshelf, that might actually be easier. Right now, I'm still trying to do from the front porch podcast stuff, but I'm trying to like backlog episodes. You know what I mean? So I can yeah. just work at the bookshelf. <laughs> that's, that's smart. And so it is smart, but it results in... Like this a is my lot third. of tiredness up front. Yeah. Yeah. But I hope it'll be worth it. And um, I always look forward. I love the holiday season. I also love the like winter season. I really love winter, which I know yeah. is not everybody, but it's a nice time of recovery for me. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This is our last episode of Kids Table until the new year. So thank you so much. Huzzah. This week, what I am reading is brought to you by Visit Thomasville. Spend Christmas in Thomasville. There is something truly special about the holiday season in Thomasville. From shopping for those must-have presents for everyone on your list, to the twinkling lights, sparkling window displays, and tempting smells wafting from restaurants all add to the festive feeling of the season. From downtown hotels to delightful vacation rentals, book your getaway to Thomasville and add a little more sparkle to your holidays. If you are still looking for a place to stay or a reason to come visit downtown Thomasville, I would love to recommend to you our holiday sip and shops. This is a fun time to spend, it feels ever so slightly more wintry when it's dark outside to me. (laughs) 
And so come downtown. Our shops and restaurants downtown are open late on Fridays and Saturdays in December. Most shops are open till eight. Restaurants are open even later. And all of the Christmas lights in the trees are sparkling and lovely. And it feels wintry. They pipe in some Christmas music. They even have some live music kind of throughout the downtown, almost like Gilmore Girls and their troubadours. And it is just a lovely holiday shopping vibe. If you're like me and there is a part of you where you don't want to say it, but you do kind of miss the nostalgic atmosphere of a mall, which like who doesn't, you know, what's better than the nostalgic feeling of a mall is a quaint downtown full of small businesses, small restaurants, owned by people you know, by people you're familiar with. And so as much as I love the nostalgia of a shopping mall experience, there is something even more special about parking your car and walking the brick streets and peeping in and out of shops and looking at window displays. It just is the very... I think the very best. And if you love Hallmark movies, Jordan and I, in all of our trying to find the good Hallmark movies this holiday season, we have looked at each other multiple times and said, oh, Thomasville really is a Hallmark movie just without the snow. (laughs) And so if you're looking for a snow globe environment minus the snow, I cannot recommend Thomasville, Georgia enough. This week, I'm reading Moonrise Over New Jessup by Jamila Minix. Ashley, what are you reading? I'm reading Have I Told You This Already by Lauren Graham. Thank you again to our sponsor, Visit Thomasville. To find out more about how you can visit Thomasville, go to thomasvillega.com. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelfteville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Donna Hetchler, Cammie Tidwell, Chantal Carl, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson, Kate Johnston Tucker. Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see write a review and tell us what you think. Or if you're so inclined, you can support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support, Front Porch Friends, Book Club Companions, and Bookshelf Benefactors. Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.